Hello, this is Dr. David Friedman, host of To Your Good Health Radio. Some of you may not be old enough to remember, but back in the days before GPS was available, we had to stop at gas stations or convenience stores to ask the clerk for directions. Today, most cars and phones come with a guidance system, so we can easily get to our destination with no problem. But wouldn't it be great to have a guidance system for our health? Joining us today is Alan Meisner, author of The Wellness Roadmap. Staying healthy and fit after we reach the big 4-0 isn't easy, and Alan is here to show us how we can stop being where we are and get to where we need to be. Stay tuned. It all starts now. It's To Your Good Health Radio with number one best-selling author and renowned wellness expert, Dr. David Friedman, changing lives just for the health of it. Our next guest is a National Academy of Sports Medicine certified personal trainer and a certified functional aging specialist. He's an expert in corrective exercise and fitness nutrition and the creator of the thriving 40-plus fitness community. His focus is on fitness, coaching, and nutritional guidance for clients over the age of 40. He also hosts the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast and has interviewed hundreds of health and wellness experts, including yours truly. His new book is called The Wellness Roadmap. Welcome to the show, Alan Meisner. Thank you, Dr. Friedman. Oh, it's great to have you with us. With you know, so many conflicting diets and eating plans. We've talked to this before. It's confusing, and we got fitness plans. People need a wellness roadmap. So I commend you for bringing this book to to the public. Share with the listeners your personal story. What led you to writing this great book? Well, uh, you know, as I struggled with my health in my late thirties and then into my forties, um, I went through the same roller coaster ride that I think a lot of people do when you're focused on your career or you're focused on taking care of your family um, and you don't pay attention to your health, you, you don't pay attention to your fitness, and you actually don't even pay attention to uh, the joy and happiness in your life. And so I found myself in this, this, this place where I was not any of those things. I was not fit, I was not healthy, and I was not happy. And I spent about eight years trying to get myself there with an ebb here where I felt like I was doing pretty good and then lose momentum and come back. And I, I think a lot of people can relate to that. Uh, and then there was just kind of this, this one day uh, when I was talking to my daughter that everything just sort of clicked into place. And I said, okay, uh, everything successful that I've ever done in my life, I had a very, very deep and emotional why that supported that. And, and, and I had a vision of what that looked like. Uh, and once I kind of put those two things things together, I, I had in my mind what I called a commitment. It was it was a vow to myself that I was going to be healthy and fit for my daughter, with my daughter, and that was the foundation that set my GPS, as I as I put it in the book, uh, to go forward and get healthy, get fit, and get happy. Yeah, I love that you're bringing up why because I had a patient who was a. Uh drinking and has an alcoholic and 12 steps didn't work. Wife left. And I said, why tap into you? Why do you drink? He goes, what do you mean? I go, does it make you happier? He goes, no, it makes me miserable. I said, all right, so it doesn't make you happier. Does it help you sleep at night and wake up refreshed? No, it makes me not able to sleep. I said, all right, so it doesn't help you sleep. Does it put you in a good mood? Are you happy? Are you excited when you drink it? Are you the life of the party? Are you loving life? He goes, no, I feel miserable. I said, why do you drink? And Alan, his mouth dropped, he got teary-eyed, and he said, I don't know, and he's not had one drink since. He tapped into his why. That's outstanding, yeah. 
and he tried all these programs and I said, well, what's, it doesn't make you happy. It doesn't make you healthy. And what, let's talk about the stress you have. Does it help you stress? He goes, no, it makes it worse. I go, you've got no positive why for drinking. So I love that you're bringing up why because that, that, that recently happened in my office. So I, I commend you for that. Let me ask you this. I, I, love, I love how you share it when you're over 40 is the issue. And I think back in my 20s and 30s, I could literally scarf down an entire pizza and not gain any weight. If I did that today, I'd gain five pounds and feel like crap. Share with us why things change so drastically after the big 4-0 and what we should be doing differently. Well, there's, there's a lot of things that happen. One is, you know, there's just the wear and tear of life. You know, most of us, we, if we're sitting all the time at our jobs or we're standing all the time at our jobs and not moving around enough, you know, over time that, that causes some problems with movement. Uh, so we slow down. The, the other thing that happens is obviously uh, our hormone structure changes where our testosterone goes down uh, for women, you know, they're having their estrogen, progesterone reduction, all that stuff that's happening as we're approaching this middle age, as you will, uh, that just makes it harder and harder. Plus, more and more people, because we're exposed to chemicals and, you know, processed foods, uh, we're really messing up our, our whole endocrine system to include our thyroid and insulin resistance and on and on and on. So because of the duration of time where we've exposed ourselves to these anti-health measures, um, it just it just compiles, and we, and we find ourselves with habits uh, that are very very difficult to to break. Like some folks are smoking, some people are drinking, or they did it for twenty thirty years of their lives, and and now it's kind of coming to fruition. So it does make it very very difficult. And you can go into the gym and say, okay, I want a trainer, and the trainer pulls the same strength exercises out of a, a file cabinet that they would use for a 20-year-old without thinking about the physical limitations that you now have when you're over 40. So it's, it's just a recipe for breaking yourself if you don't recognize that you have to be a little bit more gentle. You have to approach this a little bit more mindfully. Uh, you have to be aware of the the structure of your life and all the limitations and capacity limits that you might have uh, before you approach something like this. And I think a lot of people go in gung ho. I know, I know I did. Uh, I got the insanity workout tapes and I did them, or at least I did the fit test. And then I found I couldn't get out of bed the next morning. Um, I you know, wasn't paying attention to who I was from a physical perspective. And that's a mindset that's really, really hard to wrap your, to, to wrap up because we want to be 20 again. We feel like we're 20 again, uh, but we can't approach fitness or health the same way we did back then. Yeah, and as I mentioned during the intro, you know, driving to our destination is so much easier now that we have GPS. And I know in your book you use the acronym GPS as grounding, personalization, and self-awareness. Share with us what these three things mean. First, what is grounding? Okay, uh, grounding is a little bit about what I talked about before. It's, it's about setting a commitment. So. Uh, if, if I uh, were going to drive uh, to Philadelphia, well, right now I'm, I'm in Panama, uh, <laughs> that's a long drive. Uh, but if I really, really, really wanted to be there, if I had a, a truly compelling why to be in Philadelphia and I wanted to start that drive, then that, that why is going to be that thing that I always fall back on. And I have a destination, a vision in mind, and that's, that's Philadelphia. So the, the drive is there. I know why I'm doing it, so I'm going to keep driving and I know where I'm going so I can keep myself on track as I go. The personalization is where you sit down and you start thinking about, okay, uh, what, are the, what are the aspects of this? What are the goals and milestones that I should see as I go? So, you know, if you're over 40, 
those milestones are going to come a little quicker. They're going to be little shorter steps as you kind of gently nudge your body to change, as you change your, your food and lifestyle, and you're doing these different things to improve your health and your fitness. You can just kind of say, okay, I know uh, today I can walk 10 minutes. And for a lot of folks, they might think that's, that's not much, but for other people, that's a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next day, maybe I walk 10 minutes, and over time, that becomes 15 minutes and 20. So you've got these these goals, these nudges of just moving yourself forward. That's that's the personalization. The self-awareness has two aspects. There's the physical. So what are your physical limitations? Uh, you know, I had some movement issues that I had to work through before I was able to start lifting weights again. Um, and what are your capacities? I, I'm a very strong individual still physically, so I knew from a strength perspective I could get that really quick. Um, but I was carrying a lot of extra body fat, so I had to be aware of not putting too much stress on my body when I was going to try to maybe do something like run or do something a little bit more dynamic. I had to be a little bit more self-aware that those things were going to take some time. Uh, the mental side of this is where it really gets kind of tricky. And that's the, the things that you know about your behavior, like uh, procrastination or uh, if, if you like me, if I have peanut M&Ms in my house, I really, really struggle to avoid them. And so knowing what those mental limitations are means, okay, uh, if I know that I have the potential to procrastinate, I need to make sure my gym bag is sitting by the door on my way out in the morning so I almost trip over it. If I know that I have difficulty with M&Ms, then I just can't have M&Ms in my house. Right. Even if my wife wants them, I tell her, okay, eat them somewhere <laughs> else, keep them somewhere else, but not in the house. And those are the, the, the kind of the three pieces of it that once you've done those three things and you're really in this position, now uh, you have your GPS set. And if you know today's GPS is if there's construction on the road, it's going to automatically reroute you around that. So it's going to route you around the procrastination or forgetting your gym bag situation. It's going to route you around the M&Ms because you've set a GPS and the self-awareness is going to give you the most efficient route to get you to your vision. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. I was thinking about with with, with, with your wife uh, on Valentine's Day. I got your, your chocolate, but they're in the car. You can eat them there. Just don't bring them in the house. <laughs> Yeah, don't, don't don't tempt me. Yeah, it's your gift there. All the chocolate. Yeah, yeah, I got you something else there. Go in the trunk. <laughs> I, I actually I don't buy her uh, chocolate anymore for Valentine's Day, but that's that's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I will tell you, I thoroughly enjoy reading your book. And one thing that really resonated with me and my beliefs is your emphasis on wellness care versus health care. This is so such an important topic. And last month I asked my dentist an interesting question. I said, how many people come in for their annual wellness checkup versus those that come in with a toothache, cracked tooth, or a loose filling? And he told me seven out of 10 people don't come in for routine cleanings or checkups. They wait till they're so bad that they end up with extensive dental work. How do you instill into your clients a wellness care lifestyle mindset? Well, as you may guess, um, most people aren't going to come to a personal trainer uh, for wellness. Initially, they're going to come in because they want to resolve their fitness issues or their weight loss issues. And so most of my clients, I get them to a point, and it's it's kind of in the second part, the third part of the book, I I talk about CARGO, and the CARGO acronym basically is to celebrate, and then you have to acclimate to the new you, Uh, but then the next step is, okay, what's next? What what are we going to do going forward so that we're staying on 
track. And that's with fitness. That's with health. It's, it's with all of it. Um, you, you have that why. And, and when I said the why had to be, uh, really deep and emotional, uh, the way I would kind of couch it is this, is when you got married, if you got married, um, you had a, you made a very deep emotional vow to your spouse. Uh, you said, I love you. I want to marry you. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Uh, it was very deep and emotional. And both of you generally, if you've communicated properly, uh, you have a vision of what you want that to look like. So for my clients, we talk about what does wellness look like for you today? What does it look like for you 20 years from now? And if the why is solid enough, it, it, it's going to keep you on that path of doing the things that make you well. So when I first went to my doctor and I said, I, I want to get well, and we started working on protocols and things that I could do to get myself where I needed to be, once I got there and I walked into his office and he's like, oh, wow, look what we've accomplished. What's next? And we worked on next. And now I continue to visit with that doctor on a regular basis, a little bit more often than I think most people would or maybe should. Uh, but I want to know that I'm on track. I like those mile markers that tell me that I'm doing what I should be doing. Um, and when I see that my stress markers are a little high, I can make adjustments to my lifestyle. If I see, you know, that maybe my blood work is not uh, what I need to be, then I can start changing some of my food choices. Um, if I see, you know, my strength is not where I want it to be, then I can start working on that. But it, I think it's just a function of, of having a higher and higher vision each time and saying, you know, I thought I was capable of a 5K and after doing the 5K, realizing I might be capable of a 10K. Not everybody's going to want to do a 10K, but maybe you just want to do the 5K faster. And so there's these opportunities for you to challenge yourself to be the optimal me you you can be. Right, but no one should ever run a 401K. That's far too much to run. <laughs> well... If you have access to it and your employer's putting 6% in the financial guy, because I was, I was, I was in corporate for 30 years, but it's just, yes, if you're, if your business, the business you're working for does match and gives you up to 6%, that's, that's added compensation. Just do it. That's funny. I bring that up because I did have a patient think that was a run says, I, what's this 401k? You know, I can't even run a 5k. What am I going to do with this job? And I said, I thought she was kidding, but she was being serious. She thought it was some kind of a run. You know, she might've just, she might've just sold an ultra marathon race to somebody. <laughs> you could see them naming it that. <laughs> That's so funny. I got to tell you, my best friend is a personal trainer and I asked him, what is his biggest challenge when it comes to working with clients? And he said he spends the majority of his day convincing people to stick with the program and come back next time. And it's interesting because I know someone who owns Gold's Gym's franchise and he told me 80% of those that join the gym quit after 90 days. And one reason so many people jump ship is because they reach a plateau and they give up. Share with us, what's the secret of getting off the plateau fitness hamster wheel? Okay. Uh, there's two, there's two aspects of this. I think, I think the first is I want you to realize what a, we're not on a plateau. What we are on is effectively a ridge in our mountain. So we've been climbing this mountain and we've gotten to a point. And this point is very, very important because uh, it's a survival aspect of our body called homostasis. Our mm -hmm. body likes to be in balance. So we get to a point and then, yes, the body will naturally acclimate to the, the workload we've been doing or, you know, if we've changed up our food, our body's going to acclimate to that and get, in, get to its happy weight uh, because the body wants to hold on to body fat for survival purposes. 
it might not be your happy weight, but your body is comfortable at that weight at this point in time. So you're, you're really on a ridge and, and there's three approaches you need to think about. One is patience. Mm -hmm. If what you've been doing is generally working and you feel good and, and you've been working and been getting stronger and uh, having better movement and maybe the pain's going away and uh, stick with it. You know, just have the patience to know that what you're doing works. Uh, you may have to make a few tweaks here and there, and you can work with a professional to do that, or you can try some strategies yourself. That's why I, I really love your dig method, because I think someone can look at a new tactic and say, hey, does this does this apply? Does this work for me based on the dig model? And then I can say, okay, yes, this makes sense. I'm going to implement this in my life. Um, but have the patience to stick with your programming and keep going, because if you quit, then you're going to end up falling down the mountain. Yeah. Uh, the next is persistence, and that's just really kind of sticking with it and, and just do, going day after day, even if the motivation just seems to be waning because the scale isn't moving, uh, you know, just just keep sticking with it because uh, if you quit, again, like I said, you're, you're, you're falling down that mountain. And the yeah. final one is uh, is progression, and I think a lot of folks will go about a routine and they've ne they never really apply progression to what they're doing. So they go in and they go through the circuit machines, which don't get me wrong, circuit machines can be great, a great fun workout, but they never change the weights on any of those machines. Um, they go for a run. They never try to run a little faster or a little further or mix it up with some sprints. Uh, they, they're always basically trying to do the same routine and for a while it works and then it stops. So if, if what you're doing isn't working, stick with it, have the patience to stick with it, have the persistence to just keep showing up and then try to work in some progression to push yourself up the mountain a little bit faster. Yeah. I think you bring up a good point is, is routine. I think plateau is, is, is because they're stuck in the same routine. And I know trainers that do the same thing every week after week after week, but then I know some that are really good. They say, look, we're going to not do biceps on Monday. We're going to change it up. We're going to do it on Thursday. And we're going to do a different way of working the body. And you know what? I, I've seen improvements when I do that at the gym. It's, you know, body gets yeah. kind of like lay, lay, used to it. You want to kind of shock the system, right? Isn't that the key? It, it does, yeah. And so when I have a client, uh, you know, I'll, I'll watch them. We'll talk very carefully about what's happening with their training. Is it is it giving them what they need? Are they seeing the progress? And as soon as I start hearing some of the uh, negative words come in before I, I even let them get to the word plateau, um, I'm like, okay, let's change up your programming. And they come in and I've added some fresh exercises that work muscles from a slightly different angle, add a little bit of variety to it. So now there's some muscle learning that goes on and those types of things. Uh, when you're training yourself, uh, you know, you, you have to think like a trainer. And that's one of the reasons when I actually went for my certification, uh, I, I actually wasn't planning on training anyone else. I, I became a personal trainer to train myself because my workload had me traveling about 90% of the time. And I said, you know, I need a personal trainer and I really can't afford to fly one with me. Um, so so I, I, it was cheaper for me to go out and get my own certification. And I had to think every time I went into my programming, okay, be the objective cert, you know, trainer. What do I need to improve my body uh, from a fitness perspective? Um, I, you know, I, I talk about this in the book. I wanted to do a Tough Mudder with my daughter, and that's a 12-mile obstacle course race in the mud. Uh, I knew to be able to do that, I needed to drop some body fat. I needed to build strength, particularly grip strength. 
um, and I needed to improve my endurance. So all of my training, I trained myself in that objective, what does this client need? Um, if you can do that, that's great. If you can't, I'd encourage you to get a trainer, particularly if your why and your vision have you doing something that you can't do today. Um, make sure that you have a professional helping you get there if, if you you know can afford to do that and it makes sense for, for your lifestyle. Yeah. That makes sense. And the minute we have left, I have to ask you about uh, belly fat. I know over 40, it gets so much more difficult. And, you know, then when we, we're in our 20s, we can get a six pack. Now it turns into a keg, no matter what we try. I've read sit ups are a waste of time and cardio and diet are the key factors to reducing belly fat. From your experience, is that true? I would, I would put diet, 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 diet. <laughs> and then maybe we can talk a little cardio. Um, you know, Exercise, in, in, my, in my experience, um, if you talk exercise or workouts, um, you, you tend to lose a lot of people. But if I told you training, okay, training gives you this aspect of I have a purpose. And so uh, I look at training and say, okay, I want to um, take my grandchildren to the zoo and keep up with them. Or I want to have the strength to be able to pick up my grandson. Or I want to be able to continue to play tennis until I'm 90, or I want to be able to wipe my own butt when I'm 105. Um, those are those are aspirational things that I can train for, and so I may want to do cardio because it helps me keep up with the grandchildren. I may want to do strength training because it will help me stand up from the squatted position when I go to the bathroom uh, when I'm 105, uh, and so. I, I like to think of training as training your body to be not an athlete, but to have the fitness, which I define fitness as fit for task, fit for what you want to do in your life. So if you make your training about that, it makes it a lot easier to stick with the training. If you think about the belly fat from the what do I put in my mouth perspective, you'll see the benefit. Now, the side effect a lot of times of training is also fat loss, but that's a side effect. And mm -hmm. so focus your training on what you want to be. Focus your food on what you want to look like. Yeah, so instead of fat loss, uh, try not to eat the stuff that's causing the fat, right? I think that's more important. Yes. Yeah, that makes you know, sense. Your body has these great chemical signals called, called insulin and leptin and ghrelin and um, – glucagon, and if you will give your body the food it needs, the nutrition it needs, all those hormones will work together to put you in an optimal body fat, body composition uh, model. Fantastic. Great information. Thanks so much for being here with us today. It's a great book. Recommend everybody get their copy of the Wellness Roadmap, and you can do that by visiting wellnessroadmapbook.com, and you can follow, follow Alan on Twitter at 40plusfitnessp, and on Facebook, he's at 40plusfitnesspodcast. For my daily Facebook and Twitter post, follow me at Dr. David Friedman. On Instagram, I'm at Dr. D. Friedman. If you heard Alan share something today that you say, hey, man, somebody could benefit that I know if they could only hear that, send them a link to this podcast. It's available to yourgoodhealthradio.com or radiomd.com. And while there, be sure and check out our podcast library and share these segments with friends and family and coworkers and on social media. This information is too important to keep to yourself, so share, share, share. You can also subscribe to future podcasts on iHeartRadio and iTunes. More to come. Stay tuned and stay well.